Grace. This woman is a disgrace. Hi there. Welcome back to yet another episode of my riveting podcast, Chelsea Disgrace Podcast. I am Chelsea Grace, and I will be your entertainer for the next 20-ish minutes or so. So today it feels kind of weird for me because it's been a while since I uh, recorded one of these. And I know what you're thinking. You're obviously thinking, but Chels, what do you mean you haven't recorded a podcast in a while? Your episodes have been coming out every Wednesday like they always do. And I know this because I'm a super huge fan of your podcast. And I think you're super hot and I want to motorboat your titties while you eat a bean burrito. And I'm just so obsessed with you that I've created like a shrine of you in my room. But I'm not so obsessed with you that like you should feel like you're in danger. Just like enough obsessed with you to make you feel important. And also, can I have a chunk of your hair type of thing? Although I know that's clearly what you're thinking, let me explain. Uh, the last couple of podcasts have been pre recorded because I was backpacking through Thailand for roughly six weeks. Um, now, I had never been uh, backpacking before unless the time in grade nine when uh, I used a phone book to find all my crushes' houses. And then I filled my backpack with drinks and snacks and I mapped out like a bike route and I spent a whole day riding my bike past their houses in hopes one of them would be outside and invite me in for like a lemonade but then lemonade would lead to video games which leads to watching a movie which leads to our feet accidentally touching which then leads to me bent over his counter naked with an apple in my mouth while he takes my virginity and whispers into my ear like you are supple as a an unkinked garden hose and it's time to water the flowers so unless that counts as backpacking um, if not Thailand is the only other time I've been backpacking Uh, also speaking of the word supple going back a bit uh, I never really actually knew what it meant like I've heard it used a couple of times to describe the breasts of a young woman which still left the meaning of supple a little hazy for me seeing as uh, when I was a young woman my breasts unfortunately went from looking like a cutting board to a couple of potatoes stuffed into a pair of pantyhose basically overnight so I never really got to experience what uh, young woman breasts were like But uh, I watch a lot of teen porn, um, not because I'm a pervert, but because one time, one time, I clicked on this porn that was titled uh, Fun in the Shower, and I thought to myself, like, I like fun, and I like showers, so this sounds like a fucking hoot. But uh, it ended up being an Asian woman giving an 80-year-old man a foot job while he sat in one of those like shower chairs for fragile seniors. And it frightened me so much that now I strictly watch teen porn in order to avoid seeing a set of dick and balls that's older than the traditions of like an Italian grandmother. 
So, therefore, um, upon watching teen porn, I noticed that uh, young lady breasts are very firm and their nipples tend to point like straight ahead or vaguely towards the ceiling, unlike mine, which always seem like they're looking for a quarter they dropped on the ground and really need it so they can take the bus to their bingo game or something. Like, Every couple of days, I just need to fling my tits over my shoulder and put a mirror under there just to make sure my nipples are still there. So, yeah, I assumed the word supple meant, like, firm or resistant or any other description that's the opposite of drags on the ground and flaps around in the whim. Like, my boobs look like one of those inflatable tube men with the happy faces that you see at, like, um... Like car dealerships, like a gust of wind just hits my tits and they're like, hello, come on inside this month only. No money down on motorboating, 0% financing and all that jazz. But then I googled the definition of supple the other day and it said bending and moving easily and gracefully. Some synonyms, limber, flexible, loose limbed and agile. Okay, so pardon my concern, but seeing as young lady breasts are quite solid and stable, I fail to see how they could possibly fall under that definition. Like, you could violently shake a set of young lady boobs, drive them over a set of train tracks, send them on a roller coaster, or place them on an old washing machine, and they would still move less than Stephen Hawking's legs. So how on earth... Have young lady boobs been falsely described as supple for all this time? If anything, my boobs are supple. Mine. Let's look at the definition once more. Bending and moving easily and gracefully. Okay, I can literally fold my boobs into an origami swan. That's how bendy they are. One time I made my boobs into a cootie catcher and I told people's fortunes for a dollar because times were rough and I had the means to do it. And as far as moving easily, uh, like my tits move around so easily that they're an official corporate partner of U-Haul. So I think it's safe to say that the word supple is for us floppy fat titties girls. And am I right? I am right. Can I get an amen? But anyway, um... I was talking about backpacking through Thailand before I went off on this supple titty tangent, which uh, I'm glad we had the time to address because I think it's a pretty semi-serious issue. But back to Thailand, uh, I had a great time. Uh, I'm pretty sure I came home with at least seven diseases, so that's only uh, three more than when I left, which is good. But In all honesty, um, all joking aside for like 25 seconds, uh, I just want to say that I never thought traveling like that could be possible. I always figured that I'd never be able to afford it uh, to see the world like I wanted to, but this is totally doable. Uh, You can easily stay in Thailand for like on an average $25 a day, which for six weeks is just over a thousand bucks. So basically, I just stopped going to Taco Bell for one week and I had enough money saved up to make my dreams come true. 
it's also uh, very easy to get around and uh, communicate in Thailand. So for anyone who has that uh, desire for adventure but are hesitant due to financial issues or safety concerns, um, this may not be as impossible as you might think. It's, uh, it's as doable as Harrison Ford in the second installment of Indiana Jones, The Temple of Doom. Uh, there's this one scene where he's at uh, the temple and they have dinner and he's wearing these glasses that make my panties look like a Jewish man's handkerchief. I literally can't get enough of that scene. I watch it like once a month when I'm ovulating and I'll just put down like a bunch of old newspapers on my bed and pop on Temple of Doom, cover my stuffed animal's eyes and I just finagle with my vagina just all day long. Like he is so fucking hot. So um, anyway, when I was in Thailand... I, I saw a lot of things that made me think, like, why can't we have this back home? And uh, one of these things was a strip club mall. Like, that that was actually a thing. So when we first arrived in Thailand, we stayed in Bangkok, uh, specifically the sex district, uh, sorry, district, because, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. And uh, in the heart of the neighborhood uh, was three, like a three level outdoor mall, except for stores, it was strip clubs, which I thought was super convenient because it was just like a one-stop shop for perverts so it was nice that uh, I didn't have to drive all around the city in order to see like a plethora of different kinds of freaky shit um so the night my boyfriend and I went to the strip club mall we didn't get there till like about midnight because we were all uh, fucked up from the jet lag so we go into one of those one of the clubs called uh, Angel Witch because it sounded like it had the best of both worlds and I really like uh, oxymoron so Angel Witch sounded like my jam so um yeah we go inside and this like really large woman wearing a muumuu whose name could not have been anything other than Olga or Helga or Bertha or something, took our money and brought us to a nice front row seat where you could smell the pussy and desperation just radiating from these strippers. It was so sad to watch, uh, not only because of the fact that they were dancing naked for money. It was sad because the lack of talent was a disgrace. Um, one girl was on her cell phone. Another girl was literally just holding onto the pole and moving back and forth like an inch with just no facial expression at all, staring into space. I'm pretty sure I even saw a stripper doing her taxes on stage. Like the only girl who was putting any effort into what she was doing was the ugly one. And that's because, you know, ugly people have to work twice as hard to be liked, obviously. But uh, I guess it's sort of our own fault for going to the strip club so late. I know when I'm almost done my work shift, like my feet start aching around the hour left mark. And then when I have about like 20 minutes left, I just stop contributing to helping out completely. And I just walk back and forth. So it looks like I'm doing something, but I'm actually not so I'll be out like on the sales floor and when my supervisor comes near me I put my hand on my chin and I put like on my fake thinking face which also happens to be my fake orgasming face and I say something like oh now what was I just about to do what what oh that's it and I'll just walk into the back room with like a nice brisk walk so it looks like 
I'm about to go do something important, like change the garbage or do some dishes or something useful. But really, I just go and eat food left on the back desk. So I did understand where the girls were coming from, but I still wanted to be entertained. So I went to a different club and again sat in the front row. And I must say, the spectrum of girls here was quite impressive. Um, there was a stripper who clearly just had a baby, like probably that night. Her stomach skin was hanging over her G-string and she had so many stretch marks all over her that she looked like an accordion. Then there was a super, super hot stripper who made me look like a manatee werewolf crossbreed. And she's making eyes at my boyfriend, which made me slightly uncomfortable because even though he was pretending he thought she was gross, I was almost willing to pay to bring her home and let him bang her because one, she was that hot, and two, uh, if he doesn't find me gross, there, there's no way in Satan's lair he thinks she's gross. And three, she could distract him while I went out and ate a cheeseburger alone without judgment because I'm not being cultural enough. But uh, it was it was fun to think about until she pointed at my boyfriend and then made like a blowjobbing motion with her hand. So I had to get out of there before I climbed on stage and Vag kicked a stripper. I uh, I have two warts on my one foot that I think I got from my work shoes. But when people ask about them, I tell them it's from uh, cunt kicking a Thai stripper because she wanted to suck my boyfriend's dick for money. And that sounds uh, way more exciting than a sweaty work shoe. And also, it gets people to stop talking to me and leave me alone. So uh, after that, we left and uh, decided to check out one more strip club before we went back to our hostel for some sex in the co-ed bathroom shower. So we go uh, into another bar and we sit down and the stripper comes and sits next to us. And tries to convince us to purchase her for a three-way. And her offer was very convincing, saying, um, I lick your pussy and I suck his cock. Which is, like, pretty straight to the point, which I do appreciate. Uh, Less chance of buyer's remorse when you know, like, exactly what you're getting, right? So, for about five seconds, I actually considered it. I mean, we're in Thailand. Like, let's do something crazy, right? But, um... My boyfriend was really not down for it, and I'm thinking like, oh, how sweet. My boyfriend loves me so much that he doesn't want to cheat on me with this nice, lovely stripper with impeccable business skills. And then I saw her Adam's apple and realized it was a lady boy. And it wasn't that my boyfriend loved me. It was that he didn't want a dick inside of his ass, which I can respect, I guess. So now I'm just fascinated because this lady boy has, like, the nicest tits I've ever seen. Like, very non-supple. They were like a handshake with an important client, like, firm, and they made eye contact with you. Like, his, his, her nipples were just fantastic. Like, followed you around a room, like the Mona Lisa's eyes and uh whereas mine looks like the cookie monster's eyes during a stroke or something so um so I started asking her questions and I found out that her name is Tiffany and she's been a lady boy for four years and is single and at that point I felt that we were close enough for me to ask to see her dick 
because if I didn't, I would have regretted it for the rest of my life and I would never feel like a complete person. So I asked and she's all like, yeah. And she just whips off her thong and like there it was, this lady boy with a perfect set of hooters, great hair, fresh makeup, and a dick. The rest of the night um, after that was just a blur due to me being like highly intoxicated. And then the next morning, I checked my uh, super cool and not dorky at all money belt and noticed I was missing like 60 bucks. So I was freaking out until my boyfriend told me that I stuffed about $50 into uh, Tiffany's thong and bra the night before. Then I settled down because like that totally sounds like something I would do and definitely well worth seeing a lady boy's penis. I mean, I spent more money on less useful things before. Like that one time I bought a strapless bra, which was like 70 bucks. And after wearing it for 10 minutes, it has like migrated down to my waist because I was unaware that women with big titties can't wear strapless bras because not even the Hoover Dam can hold a set of cannons as big up, right? Remind me of that scene in Home Alone when Kevin's walking uh, home with his bags of groceries and then, like, the bottoms of the bag just give out and his food just goes everywhere. It was, um, it was a bad situation. But uh, another thing that exists in Thailand is um, ping pong shows. Uh, now, when I first heard this, I assumed it was, like, a sporting event, and you just watch, like, a couple of gangly teenage boys playing a nice competitive game of ping pong, which I guess was normal for Asia, because Asians are good at, like, that kind of shit, but uh, that's not at all whatsoever what a ping pong show is. A Thai uh, ping pong show consists of women shooting ping-pong balls out of their vagina and into the audience, where front-row spectators are equipped with a paddle in order to uh, hit them back. And this this is an actual thing. Like, do you know how much money I could make if we had that in Canada? Like, this sounds fucked up, but I once queefed to the tune of My Heart Will Go On, and yes, I know I make exaggerated jokes sometimes, but this is not one of them. I actually queefed the hit Titanic theme song with my vagina. So I'm pretty confident that I'd have no problem clearing a room with a ping pong ball. Um, it doesn't just stop at pussy ping pong, my friends. Like These Thai women have a whole list of tricks they can do with their Houdini vaginas. For starters, they come on stage and they pull a string of razor blades out of there. Like, I know pubic hair trends went from 70s bush to like pre-pubescent, that's what I'm trying to say, teen. But are we like now shaving the insides of our vaginas? Like, how do they even get them in there in the first place? I'm assuming they have like a backstage assistant. Is, is that a, a job too? Like a, a pussy assistant? And then uh, the ladies put lit cigarettes into their vaginas and they take a drag and puff out smoke. And all I can picture is, like, me standing on a street corner and a dirty vagina comes up to me and is like, Hey, sweetheart, can I bum a smoke? And I'll be like, Oh, I'm so sorry, like, dirty vagina, but I don't smoke. Like, how strong is your Kegel game where your vagina can smoke 
Like, what if it develops a smoker's cough? I feel like that would be extremely hard to explain to someone. It's like, <coughs> are you okay, miss? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. But, like, my vagina's been hacking up a labia, like, all day. And, of course, I can't forget to mention the uh, balloon darts where they shoot a dart from their vaginas and pop balloons. It's like, well, I know what I'm having at my next birthday party. Like, move over, Bobo the Clown. This is some next level shit, right? And then there's the portion of the night where the ladies put markers in their twats and they write letters with it. So, like, there's a nice homemade birthday card for you, right? Like, happy birthday. I made this with my pussy. Hope all your wishes come true. Love, Tina. Like, I bet the majority of the woman's vaginas have better handwriting than I do, which is the saddest part. But, uh, yeah, I feel like that business would uh, really excel here. I mean, my city isn't that big, and it has, like, five strip clubs. So, clearly, there's a large pervert market here. So, maybe I'll look into opening one or something, but um, I'd have to think of some original material though i wouldn't want to copy thailand to a t so uh, i thought about the smoking vagina and uh, the dart shooting vagina and i thought okay well playing darts and smoking cigarettes are things that adults do so i guess people want to see vaginas doing adult-like things so maybe at my club i can have like a vagina drinking coffee or the ladies can put like a pen in their vagina and use it to vote or if we really want to go adult like a vagina knitting a sweater um still like a work in progress but i think i have some pretty decent ideas but um Thailand also has billions of food carts just all over the country that serve uh, different kinds of food. And, like, I mean, I can get a chicken wrap, a toasted scorpion on a stick, and a boiled egg to go all on the same block. Like, the options are just endless. It's great. Um, except for the fact that the uh, cleanliness of some of the carts is uh, quite uh, questionable. When we were in Bangkok, we went to the famous uh, Kaosan Road which is just like a blocked off street, just full of bars, cheap shopping, cheap hookers, and stray cats. So we ended up grabbing a plate of pad thai from the street vendor, uh, despite me begging my boyfriend to take me to McDonald's um, so I could be in my natural habitat. But um, So we get our, our street food, and there's nowhere to sit, so we sit on a curb, and I had about seven bites and then realized it was fucking disgusting. So seeing as there's no garbages in Thailand, I put my leftovers on the road for a cat to eat. And in a matter of 14 seconds... Eating from my plate was an almost hairless cat, eight cockroaches, and a sewer rat the size of a small dinosaur. So maybe the street food isn't the greatest, but it's still super cool that you can get like a full meal from any corner and also a hooker from any corner as well. And uh, speaking of food in Thailand, after a while, you can only take so many noodle dishes and I legally medically and ethically cannot go more than four weeks without eating a burrito or I will get violently ill and most likely die. And also my boyfriend, dare I say it, may be a bigger fan of burritos than I am. I know it's tough to grasp, but our love for burritos is basically the foundation and driving force in our relationship. 
move over oysters because burritos are our new aphrodisiac. Sometimes when we go to Taco Bell together, I deep throat my burrito when he fingers the end of his, and then we fuck like wild animals in the parking lot. So that being said, it was clearly crucial that we find a decent burrito in Thailand. So now this ended up being a mission that uh, lasted well over two weeks. Like, first we found a burrito stand in the north of the country. We were obviously stoked and grabbed a burrito from there, but ended uh, ended up being just like stew wrapped in a tortilla. But no worries, we'll get them next time, right? But wrong, the next restaurant we ordered one from, the burritos came to our table, and it's a fucking disgrace and a half. It was shitty ground beef and cooked carrots wrapped in a mushy crepe, and I don't even know how the hell they call this Mexican food, but somewhere, George Lopez is spitting in his grave. And I know George Lopez isn't even dead, I'm getting really upset right now, and I just, I'm thinking straight, and George Lopez is the only Mexican person that came to my mind right now, so I'm sorry. So that happened. And then the next hotel we stayed at, the GPS said we were a seven-minute walk from the nearest Mexican restaurant called the Mariachi Mexican Restaurant, which to us sounded pretty legit. Like, it had a Mexican word right in the title. So we were pretty confident that this place would deliver. So we turned on the GPS, and once we arrived at our destination, it wasn't fucking there. Like, the place didn't fucking exist. But uh, we weren't giving up that easily. So the only other restaurant that had Mexican food was a 20-minute walk away up a steep hill. And I almost went into cardiac arrest walking up this fucking thing. I didn't even give a fuck about the burrito anymore. I just needed some trans fats inside of me before I had a stroke. But of course, my asshole boyfriend was being all encouraging and telling me I could do it. So I crawled up the fucking hill. And when we got to the restaurant, all they had as far as Mexican food was tacos. But at this point, I was so sweaty and hungry, I would eat like a hot, steaming, corn-filled dump from a sombrero and it asked for seconds. So we got the tacos, and they were mediocre at best, and I don't know what the fuck was on them, but it wasn't taco toppings. So it sustained our Mexican craving for like three days until we checked into a different hotel, and we got this paper showing us nearby restaurants, and there was one called Asylum. And next to it, it said, you must try the burritos. So we were like, fuck yes, showtime bitches, let's do it. So we walked for 20 minutes in the blistering heat, just sweat pouring out of every pore in our body, and we finally get there. We've reached asylum, except we quickly found out why it was called asylum, because we went fucking crazy when we found out it was a vegan-only restaurant. Like, what a sick fucking joke. I didn't walk my fat ass for 20 minutes, Thighs rubbing together like an eraser on a math test, chafing and blistering, looking like a meth addict's face, just to eat some fucking punk ass vegetables. Like, fuck that. Unfortunately, we didn't realize this until we had already sat down and ordered our drinks, so we decided to try the burrito anyway. And I thought, well, maybe it'll be full of beans and other yummy stuff, right? But I was wrong, wrong, wrong. It was a tortilla filled with fucking coleslaw like who the fuck likes coleslaw let alone wrapped in a tortilla calling itself a burrito nobody that's fucking who but anyway the story does have a happy ending because right behind where we were staying hidden on the beach was a restaurant owned by a man from texas so we ordered a burrito from there and it was fan fucking tastic i bit into it and i shit you not even though it was nighttime i saw the clouds open up and a ray of sunshine just shot out, shining down on my burrito. And it was one of the happiest moments of my life, for sure. I, I don't see my life getting any better than that. But I think maybe 
I should just leave it at that for today, seeing as I left off on such a good note and also seeing as it's been like 45 minutes since I've eaten last, so I should probably go do that before I go into like anaphylactic shock or some shit. So yeah, like I said, traveling is something you could totally do within budget, so don't be afraid to uh, get out there and see some flying pussy ping pong balls or whatever you're into. And remember, I'm here to make you feel better about yourself, one Chelsea Grace problem at a time. Bye!